Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Boardman, he's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. So how's your new job going? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's going well. Um, uh, I think, I don't know. It's like, Does everybody know what your new job is? I mean, we haven't mentioned it, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, fi- I'm a visiting lecturer. Oh my God, at... are you sure you're not just called an associate? No, no, it's, I, I was introduced... Um, as a visiting lecturer, anyway. What does, I th- I think what does your card say? It just says staff. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so it's... Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'm classed out. I, I think my official job title is sessional tutor. Right. But when I was, when I was like, introduced around campus, I was introduced as a visiting lecturer. So. <laughs> At Liverpool. At Liverpool. Is it John, John Moores? John Moores, yeah. Oh my god! How I've still got my card from when I did it at Salford, somewhere. It's either in this wallet or another wallet, and like I, I don't know why, but I always just hoped someone would ask me for ID, and I could go. I've got my stuff <laughs> as a lecturer. <laughs> that would say it was like a lecturing joke, right? <laughs> so that's really impressive. If it, if it, it sort of feels very grown up. I mean, it's, this is going to sound weird, but it's like I saw my cousin recently, and she said. So here you're a lecturer now. That sounds like like you're properly a grown up. I was it's like, yeah, but I've been I've been working in the legal profession for the last twenty years. You it's know? literally about fight. That's like being a stand up comedian. That's like being I don't know Jason Manford level of famous. Yeah. On on telly all the time, and then getting a job in radio. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's miles down from being a barrister, isn't it? I think I think it seems like it's more something that like old people, do. old people, they like moving towards <laughs> retirement, you know, yeah. which is where I'm at. To be fair, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I think. I just think I don't want to achieve anything else in life. Yeah, I'm I, done. No, me too. I'm, I'm finished. I just quite happily, you know, when they keep mooting this universal income. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, bring that on. Let's yeah. get the robots um, doing all the jobs, and I'll just take a dog for a walk. I've I've always been for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think as as the global you know, as the climate warms up and there's gonna be more sort of sunny days. Yeah. And why not spend that time just wandering around looking at birds and stuff? You know, like or walking a dog or whatever it is you wanna do, just relaxing, be nice. Yeah, having adventures. Basically. Having adventures, that's what I you do, want. You know what, you're like um a knight errant, that's what I always wanna be. I always feel like I just wanna Sancho Panza and oh, a knight Don errant. Quixote oh, and right, just yeah, kind yeah. of Go and have adventures I, I and right wrongs. Knight Heron is what I heard <laughs> yeah. you say. Then I was yeah. like, "What?" You I would also stand like, in a pond all yes. night. Yeah, I would also like to be a knight Heron. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be a really good superhero. <laughs> the ability heron. to stand on one leg <laughs> for a long time. Um, so, how many students have you got? Like, um, I think there's about thirty in the class. That's not many, is it? No. In a co- in a how many's in the year? Well, it's it's because uh, I'm I'm not teaching on the LLB. I'm teaching on the sort of conversion course, so it's an LLM. Oh, okay. So it's post grad that I'm teaching that. So it's a small. Oh right. Class, ah, so. okay. Oh, that's so. What are they converting from? Say they've done history. Yeah. Oh. And then they convert it to a law degree in one year. So you do years. Yeah. So you can then go on to do the LPC or the yeah. the BTPC, whatever it's called now. What was the BVC when I did it? They're in um, for a shock as to how boring it is. Yeah, Because yeah. they, imagine they've done history and they're like, oh, yeah, I suppose ancient Egypt's cool, but I want to really... Yeah. <laughs> and then what them. about present day Burnley? <laughs> that, what yeah. would that be like? Uh, <laughs> yeah, dead pigeons in uh, 
that car park in Blackpool. Yeah. Goes, <laughs> yeah, that's Seagulls your, Graveyard. That's your life now. Yeah. You thought you were going to be in the other jobs. <laughs> <laughs> now you're Chris Hill. So, yeah. But it's good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, yeah. It's, it's a weird thing in that, um, you know, I've, I applied for it. I had an interview over sort of Zoom or well, Team, Microsoft Teams. They said, yeah, that's fine. You can come in. And then literally they like, got in touch with me and said, can you teach the like, criminal on the criminal aspects of, of this course. And I was like, yeah. She went, cool, when can you start? You know, like, and, and a sort of, and I was yeah. like, that's what I want. None of this messing about going through, you know, like recruitment-centred no. processes and all that sort of stuff. Just a chat with someone who goes, yeah, he seems all right. Crack on. You know, that's, that's the bit that moves like ridiculously swiftly. Wait till you try and get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm, wait. I'm in, the, I'm in the process of sorting that out now. And it's, yeah. it's ridiculously... Nobody takes responsibility. Nobody has any knowledge of you even working there for a start. <laughs> then no one will take responsibility. And then, because I was self-employed and had to get it not on an emergency tax code. It was literally the most difficult. You know, there's current negotiations between Russia and NATO and the rest of the world yeah. to try and that stop was... all-out war. That was probably less in negotiation than trying to get paid from a university. <laughs> paid money that you're contractually obliged <laughs> yeah. to have. Yeah, yeah they, just, they just denied all knowledge of... Uh, it was... Oh, God. Anyway, that'll be fun for you. Um, so, where we were to... Our last episode was a week or two ago we released it, um, and it was Fagan MPC. Yeah. Criminal Law... What was it about? It was about Actus Reis. Yeah. And it was about continuation, and it was about can you... Because he, he, Fagan basically drove onto a copper's foot accidentally yeah. and then refused to move it. And it was, can, can omission uh, form the actus reus of a crime? And it normally wouldn't do, but because, he'd, because he got out of the car and well, it was like it, there, it was a continuing act, wasn't it? That's, yes. That was the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a standalone omission. It was from driving on, you know, to obtaining knowledge that he had driven onto the, to the officer's foot and then refusing to leave. It was all one act. You see. Yeah. And then the point at which he became aware of it and refused to remove it, that became the mental element so that yes. the offence was formed at that at that moment. So, w I presume we're going to follow on from that. I know we're not. I know we're not. I don't know why I'm pretending. Because you texted me and said, let's do a topical one. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I was like, okay. Go. Not only that, let's do a topical one about a subject in which I am not an expert. Oh, That's God. <laughs> <laughs> so, the law. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> what, what's the topical one? Well, I thought we'd talk about um, P&O ferries. Okay. Do you know, so, do you know Right, let me tell happened? you what I know, which is probably not dissimilar to what everybody knows, which mm -hmm. is probably not very much. Last week, um, they basically told... I'm, sh I'm sure... So, they've got... People that work on the ferries for P&O, so you would go from, let's say, probably Hull or Newcastle, I don't know where they go to, to like Zabrugga or to Oslo or something, yeah. um, and they're called seafarers, the people that work on those ferries. And it yeah. must be a, quite a difficult job because they take forever, those ferries. Everyone yeah. on it's horrendously drunk. You are a sailor as well because, you know, you it's like... You being, pitch in and do everything. I remember doing it, yeah. going on a mini cruise from Cyprus. And the um, there was like, like a cabaret on, and it was like the people who were in the cabaret also were like the crew. You know, yeah. like, so you see them in the morning serving breakfast, and then they're up 
sort of entertaining doing some sort of musical review of Elvis through the years <laughs> or something, and then they're up at five doing yeah, breakfast, and then you they know. drop anchor and then they clean the so they do all kinds of everything, don't they? Yeah. The last ferries I was on, one was in New York, one was in Scotland, and there's only like really limited staff, and everybody does everything. Yeah. So as far as I w- I'm aware, say they docked in where were we saying Hull. I don't know if they do go to Hull, but say they docked in Hull. Uh, P&O sent a load of security guards on to yeah. keep them on the boat while they were informed that they'd been sacked. They just with no, there was no like other explanation than we're getting rid of eight hundred, I think, of our workforce. Yeah, uh, they kept them on the boat while I'm pretty sure they emptied out their lockers and stuff, and then they let them come off the the boats or ships. I don't know. And um, they got the stuff and then they went home. So they basically worked all night, come back from wherever it was. And then the following morning, they woke up and didn't have a job. They were just yeah. being sacked. Yeah. And they weren't sacked for any other reason than they were going to be replaced. I think lately they, they were talking about replacing them with foreign, foreigns, with foreign <laughs> staff yeah. who were not, at one point, I think they were going to be like from India or something, and they were only going to be getting one pound eighty an hour. I think I think that that's stu- I think they're being replaced by sort of basically agency staff, right? Who are now who, getting who, five pounds eighty who, an hour. I is think. is that what they're getting? An Which hour? is because it's all I just keep seeing bits of it on Twitter and reading what I can, and they're just like outrage, isn't there? And the head of of P and O. Uh, firstly, it's, it, they make pains to say it's P and O ferries, not P and O like the logistics or something. Isn't yeah, it? there's a few different um, what's what's the word um, subsidiaries of, of P and O overall. Yeah. I don't mean subsidiaries of different companies, but they've got different strands of, of a company. So there's P and O ferries because there's P and O cruises as well. I assume yes. that ferries are different and it's to not cruises. Cruises, it's, so it's ferries. Not, right? Okay. And I think it's eight hundred. Give it is eight hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I think most people might know about it. Yeah, um, and yeah, and, th- and that's pretty much happened. As I, I remember, it was there was a d- there was a day last week in which there was an announcement by P and L that said all of our ferry services are suspended, pending some other announcement. Basically yeah. today, and then that announcement was we're laying off all of the ferry staff who were actually on board ships. So as I understand it, there are um, I think all of the staff that have been laid off are all British as well. Yeah. Which seems to be have some sort of relevance. So there's not none of the French staff have been no, laid off. No, they're still operating out of Ireland. I've yeah. seen that as well. So I think they go from Cork, for instance, yeah. and so, they still go to Europe, no problem. Yeah. So there's there's a suggestion that they've been able to do this because of, you know, because of Brexit, Brexit. <laughs> yeah. which was meant to protect <laughs> British jobs um, against. Um, you know, foreign, foreign, foreigners coming. You know, cheap foreign labour. That was the idea. That was how it was sold to yeah, lots of was, people. Yeah. You know, well, it's um, sold differently to different people, wasn't it? Yeah, three fifty million on on a week. I think nobody could ignore that. That was really powerful for the NHS on yeah. the side of a bus. And I think anybody that believed that, well, it was not unreasonable. Well, it was, I suppose, but. Well, then anybody that believed that, that that's a good thing. Anybody that's offered that, go, my God, what, we can fix the NHS in a month? Yeah, With, yeah. like, whatever that'll be, £1.4 billion pounds in a month. Is yeah. that maths right? But, but, then, but, then, but then you look at the actual amount of money that that is compared to the NHS budget anyway. Yeah. Well, it's literally, let's give the NHS an extra 1% or whatever. Yeah, like, on top it of is it. a job. But I remember Farage was on news the day after, on BBC News or ITV News, saying... 
the morning program, whatever it is, the breakfast program, saying we never promised because they were saying when's this money to the NHS? When's the first payment? And it went well, we never actually said. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, nothing to do with me that <laughs> promise. Yeah, there was all sorts of different. There were lots of people saying a lot of things yesterday, <laughs> but today <laughs> what I'm saying is we won. Get over <laughs> it, losers. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So possibly Brexit's the cause. I mean, there's not. There's 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 some suggestion that um because these are seafarers actually that they the employment laws are, are, are different. I think it depends on which flag you're flying, you're operating on to right. a degree. But these are British citizens, and it's, and it's, it's a British um, firm, as far as I'm aware, P&L Ferries. So, um, you know, it, it's, there should be, and the, the laws that the, the, the potentially have broken are British employment laws. So that being the case, we'll have to assume that it's all sort of domestic legislation that's, yeah. that's being used and that, that effectively prior to, to Brexit, you know, there would have been some EU legislation there as well that isn't there anymore, you know. That, that, yeah. I mean, there has been a transitional process where by um, European law has been enacted into British law, or into English and Welsh law, um, with a view to being, you know, revoked or, or repealed or, or amended later. Um, but, um, but, yeah, but there is a suggestion that Brexit has some sort of role to play. Although, as I understand it, the French jobs were basically land-based jobs right so it's possibly i think it might be a bit misleading to say that this is categorically because of brexit because um they are actually different sectors of, of this of the company you know what i mean so um i don't think you can sort of it's not as easy as it is it's probably nice for people that want to slag off brexit to you know yeah. to to make that link but it's not necessarily the case um but it's interesting to look at what they've actually what p and o done because it sounds wrong doesn't it like what's it happened does sound... it does sound like you are don't have a job anymore, but it's not that we're folding as a company so we can't continue trading, it's that we're just hiring loads of people to do the exact same job but for cheaper. Cheaper, yeah. Uh, of which you can be one of those people if you want. So that's the suggestion that they can join the agencies. And right, okay. thing is, so, so there's been a few things here. So there's there's whether or not this is one of those what they call fire and rehire yes. type thing. And this came up quite a bit over lockdown because companies were, were struggling mm -hmm. um, financially. Um, and they used it as an excuse, and they, I think they weren't supposed to use. The, you know, the, some countries actually made it impossible for companies to make people redundant during the lockdown. Yeah. Because um, there was all sorts of financial support for them, and, and so on. So they they made that a part of the you know one of the conditions of getting financial support was that you can't just take this money and lay off a lot of staff and put that into your dividends and run off to the hills. You know what I mean? So. Um, Yes, so, so, but what some companies did over here was certainly was firing rehire, which basically means um, it's misleading because it's not actually firing someone. Like, that's the first thing, is like sacking someone um, obviously, you know, means that they've been found guilty of, of yeah. misconduct or you something. Terminate the contract. Terminate their contract, but the post itself doesn't cease to exist. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, redundancy is that this post no longer need. we don't need this work anymore. Yeah. So, therefore, we're going to make this person, this, this role redundant, not you as an individual going to make the role redundant. Now, what fire and rehire does is that it's still a redundancy to a, you know, to a degree. It's either they, they change the terms of the contract sufficiently that they so they disestablish one post, reestablish another post, and establish another post on different terms. Um, but effectively, it's the same job. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you're in big... charge of, like, loading the cars on and then lifting the anchor and then making sure it's all locked up at the back and then loading... And then bringing in the anchor, that job will still have to be done. However, it's see, to all intents and purposes, it's more, it's likely to be the same 
job. Yeah. That yeah. Be rehiring people. Basically, so so they've 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 made people redundant, but the post the work still needs to be done. And they've just they're just now hiring other people on different terms for what will be sort of nominally a different post, but it's the same work, really. Anyone looking at it would say it was the same work. Um, and what and so you know so there's that, but it, so it's not necessarily a fire and rehire because they're not saying you lot need to reapply for these jobs. They've just laid them off and signed on other people, and like I said, and they've invited them if you want to carry on working, join one of these agencies, and you can you come on as an agency worker. You can work for you, you can do it for half the money. Of minimum wage, half the money over minimum wage. Yeah, yeah. So it's a tough job. Yeah, that is not going to be an easy job. Might be quite pleasant. Three trips a year in June. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, let's all go to Holland. Yay! Oh, it's like like, yeah. I I went to Holland on a ferry overnight, and pulling into Europort in the morning is that someone's coming up was was cool. It would be awesome. Be really nice. Yeah, but be as good in February. No, no, no. And I reckon once you've seen it maybe like five times, it sort of lost it. It loses its novelty appeal. And then pulling into Reykjavik in December or where is Reykjavik on the coast? I think it is. Um. Anyway, so what's the what law would this be under what so what so, protects this from happening or should protect this from happening well the, the well, well basically the, there should be some protections so if, if you're going to make a mass redundancy basically um there are um rules in place about how you go about doing that in essence basically um which is i, I think i think it has been mentioned in the last couple of days that um i think p and have sort of accepted they've broken the law in relation to con- consultancy period so there is an obligation to consult basically with the trade with with the staff and their representatives so their trade unions yeah um and And i think that's under the trade unions act because i've seen that as well the trade unions and i did have it here and of course i've lost exactly right my guess is it's 2003 oh here it is it's the it's section 1881 a of the trade union and labor relations consolidation act of 1992, oh, which says that where exactly. an employer is proposing to dismiss as redundant 100 or more um, employees at one establishment within a period of 90 days, it is required to consult collectively with the appropriate representative of those affected at least 90 days before the first dismissal takes effect. Now, that's where it used to be, but the 90-day period has been reduced to 45 days. Right. That was in 2013. So it's now. Oh, I was ten. I was ten eight. So I've seen it written down somewhere. Yeah, it was two thousand three, but it's twenty thirteen. Right. So, so forty five days. So forty five days, not consultation period. So basically, you have to give people notice. You have to sort of consult with the people that you're making redundant. Now, the idea behind that is that for you is for you to, um, so that everyone knows what's not so that everyone's put on notice, but you can actually discuss like why is this why is this happening? Why are you having to lay off all of these staff because it may well be that um, f- you know following consultation that the staff collectively can say well we'll agree to if, if the issue is a money is, is, a, is a sort of like cash flow problem yeah. we'll agree to a reduction in wages this for a limited period blah blah you know you can enter into that sort of collective bargaining basically yeah. um, which obviously isn't what um, lots of companies want to do they want to be able to just get rid of people and bring people in and view it in a really cold kind of way um, not all companies are. I'm, not, I'm not one of these people that think that all business is evil um, just most of it you know but you so are <laughs> <laughs> if it was up to you firstly anyone going on a P&O ferry would get an ore so they didn't use like oil or anything <laughs> you'd have to like 
consult with the fish first and bring the fish gifts. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you'd have to learn Dutch before you could go into a different <laughs> country and sort of ride a bicycle everywhere. Um, yeah, so 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 in essence, there is there is this legal obligation to consult though with the staff and their representatives. Yeah, and it can be for like various reasons. Another what another reason why you might consult, um, or, or one of the reasons that's given is, is a. An, an advantage or a benefit of, con of this consultation um, is that it allows the representative, the unions and the staff to, um, and the company to come to agreement as to selection criteria for who's going to be made redundant and yeah. so on. Now that's possibly not the case here because they've just got rid of an entire class of employee, it seems, to then rehire. So I think that realistically, if you think about what might have happened in this consultancy, if if PNO sat down with the union union representatives and said, right, our plan is to get rid of all of these staff and replace them with agency workers at hugely reduced wages, um, can can we meet somewhere about this? The unions would have said no. Like the, the, I can't I can't see that there would be any. There probably wouldn't have been much practical purpose or practical advantage to having these this consultation period. Um, no. I might be wrong there, but. My guess is that the 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 P and O are coming at it from such an entrent such a different angle than the unions would be that there wouldn't be there probably wouldn't be much ground to meet at. And also, presumably, the unions don't just represent seafarers at P and O ferries. Presumably, it's the same with the people at P and O cruises and all the other ferries and possibly dock workers and the the would. Be, the unions would have a, quite a bit of power in this in the fact they'd say, well, what they're doing is totally wrong. We'll cripple other aspects of your business. Yeah. We'll just yeah. pull everyone out. Or yeah. Because we'll you can't... I mean, it's so blatantly wrong. Yeah, exactly. What B&O seem to have done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so... So is that the only law? Is that the only law that they've broken, the, this consultation? Well, there's, there's a suggestion that they... Um, well, they, they also had to notify the Secretary of State in writing proposed redundancies um, before it gives notice to, to affected members of staff. Right, so we just had to take a little Google break then <laughs> uh, because firstly there's no Secretary of State for Employment anymore, it's Secretary of State for Education and Employment. The two jobs seemed to merge but it doesn't go under employment, it's the Secretary of State for Transport who's Grant Shapps yeah. who what did he say? Was he notified of there's, something? Apparently, there, there was some. There's some suggestion that from P and O that their parent company, DP World, um, had told Grant Shapps, Shapps in his role of Secretary of State for Transport um, of planned changes to its business model in November. Right now, whether that amounts to notification of mass redundancies is a different matter. But because I mean, the criticism here is that they appear to. So P and O have also said, oh, "Yeah, we accept we didn't do the consultation, but that's because um, there's no way unions would accept <laughs> this yeah, deal." Yeah. You know, so so what was the point of it? But it's like you know, like you, you can't just decide to ignore the law because you don't think that no. someone's going to, you know, that that because you because you think it's pointless. Well, it's inconvenient. You know, like it's inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's. It's frankly ludicrous that they would say that. I think you know, and and um, it it seems like you say that from from a from a practical point of view, what they've done is like 
it's, it's similar to that American firm that sat and told its employees over a Zoom call before mm. Christmas. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. It's a similar set of circumstances where it's a lot easier. Or like Alan Partridge, you know when he yes. locks himself in the thing yeah. and announces that, right, you're all fired, I'm sorry, because he couldn't bring his... It's yeah. similar to that. They've, they've, they've sort of just decided that it's less hassle if we just say, right, you're all gone, no. And then there's, there's no chance of, of, the, of, like, of the unions taking industrial action and it sort of costing us money in the long run that that appears what's so what you know what's happened so what is listed as the remedy in what was it 1992 act that was amended in 2013 yeah what happens if you do break what are the what's the consequences so so if you've if you've properly if they fail to consult staff which they have done they've accepted yes. that now um, so that's basically, you know, there's, there's, you open yourself up to damages in an employment tribunal for one thing. So, yeah, so you can you could grant what's called a protective award for up to ninety days gross pay per staff member. So, right. so because ninety days is effective with a notice period, then you have got a consultation period of forty five. So it's limited to what you can what you what they can award, but they could award basically ninety days pay, so three months pay for everybody right. who's been sacked. Um, and there is some suggestion from P&O that they are going to make offers to members of staff. I'm, I think that they'll, and I, would, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it was somewhere near to that, so they can say, look, accept that, save the hassle of going through a tribunal, it'll save us costs, save you time, just take take the money, you know. Yeah, and um, also if you're like on, wasn't a particularly well-paid job anyway, so you're unlikely to have savings. Well, not, you know, who knows, but it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that if you were offered, what would it be? Say it was about a £10 an hour job, what would that be? 350 a week, yeah. roughly, maybe more because of the hours you do? I think, I think they've, they've said that on average, the staff that were um, dismi- have been dismissed, not dismissed, but made redundant, were, taking, were, were being paid 36 grand a year. Right, okay. So it's not it's not a, it's not an in, inconsiderable amount of money. They're going to have to pay out to eight hundred staff. They'll 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 be, they'll be. they'll be making what they'll say is that we we will make that back in a certain amount of time. So we'll pay off. I'm not sure what the but I'm, we don't know what the rules are because they've they've also tried to get. I think they've they've suggested the staff should should sign NDA so the non disclosure agreements right as part of any payoff they get. And companies do this all the time. So it's it's a really Sort of shady area of business. Yeah, it's of, awful, of, isn't it? Well, not just business of um of, of life, you know, of of, of um yeah, it, it's a, of society. So it's a strange um set of circumstances. So that so but I mean so so there's that there's that award for failure to consult. There's also the possibility that they you know that they could face tribunal claims for unfair dismissal. Yes. Um, w- at which point you would then um that would only be open to anyone who'd been there for two years. So if you had two years service. You would then qualify as, as someone who would have the right to issue a claim potentially. Um, the damages there would wouldn't be capped beyond what was reasonable. Um, they, they look at it in terms of how, how they work it out is like how long would it take for you to be able to obtain similar um, hmm. employment in essence. Um, so, you know that that's that's an, an assessment based on the, the individual facts of of a of, of, of a case based on the individual involved, based on the industry and sector and all that sort of thing and, and what the market's looking like at that point. Um, so so there's, there's financial implications for them. There's also the failure to notify, if, if they have failed to notify the Secretary of State properly and, you know, what, we've, what I've read about it, it isn't clear that they have done. You know, like the fact that they've chosen to, you know, put it in the terms of that our parent company 
told the Secretary of State for Transport of our plans to change our business model back in November. You know, that doesn't sound to me like someone who's given proper notification because surely yeah. they would just say, we notified him back in November. That's an easy way of saying it. Then yeah, yeah. Our parent company did, you know, like that. that. So if they've not done that, that then that becomes a criminal offence then for which they could face an unlimited fine, potentially. Right. Um, now, whether, whether what they would get fined is, or, or, you know, whether that would come to pass um, is a different matter. Um, but there are quite a few, you know, there are there are sanctions there available, which you know, sanctions are popular yeah. at the minute. So yeah. um, th- there are sanctions available there, um, that, or that they may fall foul of, um, which uh, which is interesting, really. So and w- which largely are financial, like no one's going to go to prison for this or anything like that. But um, I think what, how you would look at it as well is that in terms of if, if a fine was going to be issued, you you would look at, um, I'm guessing. One of, or certainly one of the points you would make if you were be if you were representing the, the company in any proceedings about this, is that well look the reason that we've had to make that we say we've needed to make these changes is because we've lost money over the last two years because of the pandemic you know travel's gone down blah 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 there's extra costs incurred with with travelling across the channel now with, for different things you know if, if we ferry goods across that's that's our business has changed quite a lot yeah and we're struggling to be able to maintain it with the overheads that we've got at this time I'm assuming this is what they're going to say. Um, I'm not and saying that's whether that's right. Related to Brexit, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And um, if you punish us financially for that, then you're only exacerbating the situation. Ultimately, we still have other people employed. Do you want all those people to lose their jobs as well? You know that, and yeah. And so it 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 is a sort of it, it's easy to sort of say these people should be you know punished to the to the to the greatest extent that the law allows. But you know that there are there are other considerations involved there as well. I personally think that anyone in a position of seniority at P&O should resign and not get a not get any sort of bonus no. payout, because I think what they've done is disgraceful to be to be frank, um, and the the reasons for doing it that they've given so far for doing or doing it in the way they've done it um, don't excuse anything. I I don't think, but I think it, I find it interest, it's interest, it's an interesting area to look at, but it's not as straightforward as going. This is the law. That's what's been broken, and this is what the punishment is. Because there's all sorts of other considerations in place, um, and it's and it's the fact that you get and it is it is political, isn't it? Because it's you know you have to notify the secretary of state. It automatically puts it into the political sphere. Politicians are talking about this. They're saying you know it it's a it's it's beyond just a simple business situation. This I think it, I think yeah. it goes further. And it's really um, it's tied into a lot of things, isn't it? It's tied into possibly Brexit. It's tied into the huge um, standard of living living crisis that everyone's feeling at the minute. So to think 800 people lost their jobs last week for doing nothing wrong whatsoever. Yeah. And then were then asked to if they wanted, they could reapply for less money than they were currently on. And they've done nothing wrong. It's, there's just so many other angles. So yeah. you're a barrister for the police. Um, there is no way a company like P&O, a massive company, will not have a large legal department when you think about all the contracts they're doing with all other businesses, with individuals, yeah, with needing insurance, with they will know every legal aspect of this. The, the, they'll, they'll either have um, an, ins, an internal legal department or they will have an external firm that they have on a retainer in it. Yes. Or probably both, Let's to be fair. like They'll have all internal stuff for certain things. Then for bigger issues, they might have an employment firm that they do, you know, that they use for this. So... I should imagine, I should imagine, like I said, which I hinted at before, that 
the costs of this because they'll, they'll be aware that you know this isn't going to be a shot to PL. Be fine coming, going to be fine aware fine be aware that there's the potential to, you're going to have to pay, yeah, they've already pay said the they're going to pay the employees off yeah and i'm assuming that they will they will be trying to get them to sign agreements that you accept this money in the best that you don't bring any further, further claims, claims yeah. against us which is what 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 all companies do when they pay people off so that they will have factored all of these costs in to the decision and and determined and decided that ultimately in the wrong long run for the company that this is still the correct thing to do financially there's and just no way it's been done accidentally is there? it's not no no, no way there's, that no, they've not. there's no way someone's gone well that was wrong they couldn't do that oh, you know like, oh it. i thought that was fine you know <laughs> no there's absolutely no way that, that that that's the case all of this will have been known about and it will have been calculated and it will have it will, and all the costs and potential damages will have been factored into it um, and i think that what that shows is, is the actual limits of the law to actually protect employers in some circumstances. You know what I mean? It's like, these are all things that are meant to prevent this from happening. It still happened because someone's gone, you know what, we'll just pay it. Yeah. You it's know easy. what I mean? It's, a bit... it's easier to do that than it is to go through all this messing about. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you've got people then whose lives have changed massively in the course of a day. You know, and, and, bottom line, and, it, and it's like, and, you know, I'm going to be getting on mass of like socialist sort of tub thumping here though, but... It does show, and it's an increasing business practice as far as I can, as far as I'm aware, and it certainly comes over from more like American style business practice, of employees basically just being numbers. You know what I mean? Of, of yeah. being numbers on you know on on a spreadsheet about how can we get all you know, and no one's actually you know the company clearly doesn't care about what happens to these employees because because of the situation they put them in, like. You can, you'd no longer work for us unless you want to get in, involved, you know, want to come back on hugely reduced terms. Part of the consultation process is meant to, part, I should imagine, one of the sort of soft or side, you know, ancillary effects of the consultation process is to effectively ensure there's a dialogue there and to ensure that, you know, relations between unions and, and companies and, and so on is, is maintained rather than just being, we're doing this and you lot can suffer the consequences um, and P&L have just proven that if you've got the money you can do what you want you can do what you want and it's not because I mentioned Zibrugger before and probably like a lot of people my age the only reason that you're so familiar unless you've been to Zibrugger um, because there was a disaster where people lost their lives at sea yeah, um, Herald of Free Enterprise Herald of Free Enterprise and that was a ferry that hadn't it had left port and some automatic system the, hadn't the, worked. The, as in the bow doors hadn't closed yes. or something. So um, that was one. Costa Concordia, which yeah. was about 10 years ago now. That was a cruise ship, but not um, so slightly different than this. But these are not just jobs where you are working in an ice cream factory and... I don't know why I said ice cream factory. It's because it's sunny today. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you... You you can lose your life. It's not just a you know free. It's not a really well paid job. There are definite risks there. Just yeah. in the last thirty years, that's two boats that just are off the top of your head that have sunk. So it's even more despicable, really. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they were on so well money is. I, I don't know. The whole uh, stinks a bit. Yeah, it oh, it's, uh, well, it stinks a lot. You know what I mean, and and. Mm. But we've seen it in a lot of. I mean, look at the energy energy prices that are, you know at the moment and this fuel crisis. Is that that speculation? A lot of that has been caused by speculation yes. by companies that have already made massive profits, 
who want to protect their profit margins. It's got nothing to do with availability. Um, with availability. No. It's all to do with we need to protect our profit margins in case the prices go up. And so we will preemptively charge you up more. Yeah. And th- and that's never going to come back. You know what I mean? That's no. like we are we are extracting money from you and and there's nothing you can do about it because it's in, it's industry wide. So you can't move to a different um, provider. We are just going to take this money and we're doing it as a, as an industry. And if you don't like it, well, you can just not eat food or go anywhere and yeah. you can freeze. You know what I mean? And it's like, and that's it. And and ultimately, the government have proven that you know that the, these laws could exist. So I know in some countries, I know this is a side issue we were talking about previous, but it is a similar sort of area about how much government will or is willing to interfere with business, basically. Um, and the law does allow government to do that, and businesses will businesses will get will get away with as much as they can within a, any parameters. So depending on where you decide to set those parameters, will determine what businesses do. So Amazon, for example, were always talked about as being these evil tax avoiding company, and absolutely they will work at the margins. But if those margins are brought in as they are in other European countries, then you know in some countries they pay a living wage, they pay all the taxes, and it's fine. You know, like yeah. because they they're not allowed to get away with it. Whereas over over here in the UK, they're allowed to get away with it businesses because we have this ideological sort of starting point that the market will will dictate fairly how society should operate. And in order to do that, you have to let businesses have the freedom to be able to operate as they want. And what's been proven to be the case is that competition doesn't actually necessarily mean that people get a fair price because otherwise there would be someone within the fuel sector now cashing in on we'll undercut everyone else and yeah. they're not doing because they're operating as a cartel which should be illegal but clearly it isn't so yeah so there you go there's a sort of a bonus one with me uh, getting on my uh, <laughs> Trotskyist soapbox <laughs> at the end uh, but there you are but if you've enjoyed today we've obviously there's a full series there so give it a subscribe download it um, and, and listen to it at your leisure um, we listen, you know, it's not just about, it's not just about me ranting about government. Give it's, it a subscribe. Is that, is that, does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Oh, it like if you subscribe, it automatically downloads. Does it? All oh, right, I didn't know that. Clearly, clearly not Do you know fame. what? You're like a Tory politician trying to pay for a can of coke. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking about tech, you have no idea. I don't. <laughs> so, downloaded, if you will, onto oh. your wireless devices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you, I'm sure that you'll be able to subscribe and get the laser disc yes, <laughs> from someone. If not, we can fax you the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, subscribe is the main thing. <laughs>